Welcome to the Nerd Review. This is the show where we talk about movies, video games, books, and comic books. Today you are listening to Season 2, Episode 12, and we are taking a short break from the Fast and the Furious franchise. Part 2 will be next week's episode, but for today, Episode 12, we are talking about Ultraviolet, starring Mila Jovovich from 2006. And this movie was not that good, so there was a lot to unpack here. So let's jump into that now. Something I always find funny is that the worse the movie is, the more I'm inclined to write about it. And I find the funnier the jokes are because they just keep coming to me as I'm laughing at, you know, it's supposed to be a serious uh, scene or it's a drama or whatever they're, they're depicting. And it's just so bad that I'm, I'm just laughing. It's more funny than it is dramatic or it's more funny than it is action. And this just, it's, it's inspirational to me and it allows me to write uh, a better, you know, commentary, some better notes, some better jokes to work into this episode episode so let's jump into everything ultraviolet this is a cinematic disaster of a movie like i said starring mila jovovich this can be considered a master class in how to make a terrible movie the movie is a prime example of what happens when every studio is chasing the dollars that another movie made and that's how we got almost a decade of shitty movies like this one all in an effort to rip off the matrix (laughs) this movie is so bad in so many ways i truly believe like a toddler got loose in the editing room there's so many things that make me question like how did this make it past the final edit now released in 2006 ultraviolet was a sci-fi action film directed by kurt wimmer and absolutely bombed and most people only talk about it in terms of the catastrophic failure that it was uh in every way the box office reviews everything Uh, And there were, like, so many contributing factors, including not that great performances. So let's start from the top. Let's start with the (laughs) mind-boggling plot, or lack thereof, honestly. It's, It's as if they decided to toss every cliche and nonsensical idea into a blender and hit the puree button. They got vampires, or, sorry, hemophages which is just a stupid word that apparently means vampires, but they don't say that. You just have to figure it out when all the superpowered hemophages, superpowered humans, they're not humans, they're hemophages, they have freaking vampire fangs. I'm like, oh, okay, so they have like super strength and they're, okay, so they're vampires, but no one says that until the end of the movie. And then they just give up on hemophages, hemophages, I can't even say the stupid word. They give up on hemophages, hemophabids hemophages and just start referring to them as vampirism apparently the writers either forgot or they just gave up entirely on using hemophages and and like we can't forget that they're actually just modified humans and it all started with a man-made virus which is just you know thrown in for good measure because we didn't already have enough confusing things to remember in this heaping pile of hemophage shite watching ultraviolet was like trying to solve a rubik's cube using a dictionary written in klingon and i know that that exists because i saw it in the big bang theory (laughs) ultraviolet they attempted to create this complex future complex futuristic world with vampires genetically engineered you know superhumans or hemophages right and a deadly virus now the storytelling just fell flat 
and it was just it was there was nothing there was no coherent storytelling and everything was uneven and unconnected we get this weird cannonball drop attack like at the starting of the movie that was straight up ninja gi joe dudes and they fly out and start like pg-13 slicing and dicing lab folk with not a single drop of blood and they were all wearing white one dude got sliced from his groin all the way up to his nipple and that dude didn't have a speck of blood on it not a drop of blood or like even a half cut pube like that, that, that how <laughs> like i you know it's 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 part of the the pg-13 uh you know violence you can you can slice and dice people and have them fall down dead but there's no blood and they're like well so it's not violent you know he he might survive that you know slice from toe to neck you know like totally survivable if there's no blood <laughs> i just i always laugh at that attempt of like toning down the violence in that way it's 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 very it doesn't make a difference in my opinion now uh then there's like the hardcore ripoff scenes um and the best was like the helicopter chase scene however unlike the matrix they which was like brilliant in this movie they there was just like they were like chewing paste instead of actually using it uh the worst part of the scene other than the atrocious the atrocious wow i'm mush i'm all mush mush today mush mush today yeah i see i'm all tongue-tied now other than the atrocious cgi that was akin to a kid's show from the 90s just like all computer graphics the henchmen the faceless stormtrooper wannabes who are actually the worst like in this one scene specifically okay they exclaim oh shit okay when they see that mila jovovich her character ultraviolet is riding towards them on her motorcycle and she's gonna jump off the building and she's gonna crash into them with her this is it's not just any motorcycle it's a gravity defying building riding motorcycle and she's gonna jump off the building and she's gonna crash into the helicopter now instead of doing anything they rush to reload and don't even signal the pilot he just like what was the pilot even doing just sitting there staring straight ahead chewing bubble gum like all you had to do was move like four inches out of the way or up and she would have just hit the wall or move four inches down and she would hit the helicopter blades movie would ended right there um you know like they just they just had like terrible uh, like it didn't make any sense they were, they were terrible bad guys and and like what the hell was the pilot even doing that was that, like they attempted to have like a cool helicopter scene like they did in the matrix and I, you know, the Matrix came out in 1999. This movie came out in 2006, and the fact that they couldn't even have a, a modicum of like decent CGI blows my mind, and it blew my mind while watching this movie. Now, I will say the only cool scene in this movie um, was in that beginning Ninja GI Joe. Like it, they dropped, they were they they got dropped from a plane, and even the plane didn't make sense, honestly. Okay, so like the plane that they get dropped from. It had a viewing screen on the roof above the pilot's head. So like on the ceiling of the cockpit, there's no windows. There's like displays everywhere. And the ceiling has a display, but the ceiling is displaying what's below the plane. Now, 
what the fuck is the point of that? Why would you not just put a window under their feet like they do in most goddamn vehicles, like helicopters and shit? I've seen it. Like you just you have a cockpit that extends around your feet so you can see everything. And so they got to look up to see down. What are they playing a video game and they've reversed the axis like that doesn't make any sense. Makes no sense. Okay, so now I said the the only cool part that I that I found cool was they they get they drop the the plane drops like four or five looking like cannonballs, dark balls. They crash through the wall. They hit through the desk. They like you know things are flying apart. It was really well done, and the balls like open up and the, it's it's like uh, like tactical assault team and they like roll out of like a like a jump roll and they're just like stand straight up as the ball disappears. This was really cool. It was actually really well done and they pull they have like a handle sticking out of their chest and they show you like as they retract as they pull the handle you see like electricity like sparks and this sword like appears like right out of thin air and this is the sword that they use to cut everybody up and stuff but remember no blood now this was cool i i thought that was really cool and once they get through the main people they show you like all slow motion it going back in and like disappearing and now they call this flat space technology. It was a dimensional folding technology. And it was so painfully obvious that like this character, it's amazing when they do this, the character narrates, it was a cop and he, and everybody around him is a cop and they're all in the scene doing their investigation. And he narrates out loud that it's flat space, a dimensional folding technology. And I love that because literally everyone around them already knows what that is. Because if you're there doing your job, you know it. So it's nice for the audience to be spoon fed this foreshadowing plot device. Um, and, and that just goes hand in hand with the rest of the movie. The random exposition drops and, and just like tidbits of like, oh, okay, that's how, that's how that works. But you're going to give me the information at the most random jarring moment. Like it just made your head spin while watching the movie. At every turn, the most random of times, they just drop a few pieces of information. After that, my, my personal favorite is shortly after the flat space thing, um, Ultraviolet, the tit titularly i don't know title titularly i like the use of the word but i have no idea how to pronounce it um mila jovovich's character is the name of the movie her name is ultraviolet uh funnily enough she actually goes by the the nickname of v by all the other hemophages that, that know her and that's that's funnily enough it's the name of the character in cyberpunk 2077 which is a game that i'm still trying to finish um and uh yeah i, I found that funny um and when they when they realize that she's like infiltrated the bad guys henchmen whatever um and uh like headquarters they and sets off all the alarms and the stupidest bad guy henchman base I've ever seen, by the way, but I'll, I'll get to that in a moment. Now, Ultraviolet, or V, whatever you want, is um, rooted out as an imposter, right? And while the cavalry is rushing in, the alarms are going off, one of the doctor people, you can tell because he's in like a white coat, and I, I think he's somewhat of a main character. Honestly, they all kind of blended together, and I'll get to that in a moment, and you'll understand why they all blended together. He randomly exclaims, how did the hemophage get past security? And which is just like an odd thing to be demanding of your like hydra looking stormtrooper wannabes probably above their pay grade which is what you would expect like well yeah this faceless security bro is like we don't know sir 
Like, okay, that makes sense. But then he literally follows that up with maybe metasuppressants to subordinate the blood characteristics. Oh, like, so you don't know, but also maybe this really specific scientific thing. And how would you even know that? <laughs> like, is this just like on a list? They get handed a pamphlet of like things to look out for. And one of them is metasuppressants to subordinate the blood characteristics. Like, remember to check this on today's security outlook. Like, it's, just, it's like such a super specific answer. Uh, and like, especially because he followed, like his first thing was, I don't know. And then it was that. So you, you can't have it both ways. And, and why would he even know that? He's just a fake security guy he's a merc and apparently they're very educated in silence like that seems like a waste of potential and we're literally 10 minutes into this movie and like, i'm already dying of laughter at the shoe the, the sheer stupidity of that like by that line i was like this is this is the absolute stupidest and like just it's like weird sci-fi at this point and and then and then as, as i'm thinking this is the stupidest weird sci-fi thing we get to um well it's a bit out of order actually so i was thinking it's the weirdest stupid sci-fi thing and while Mila Jovovich, while Ultraviolet was infiltrating the stupid bad guy hench quarter, hench quarter, henchman headquarters, came out hench quarter. Um, they have her go through like a like a scanning thing, and this is what they suppose that she used these. Um, um, meta i already forgot what the hell is what's called meta suppressants to subordinate the blood characteristics so whatever the meta suppressants was that she was using it allowed her to get past this screening check for hemophages but the screaming the screening check is this weird bdsm sci-fi chair that like straps you in by like your freaking big toes and thumbs and then like has like eye like clamps to force your eyeballs open and you pull your mouth apart and then sticks needles in you and i'm just like what the f what, what is going on and then that was and then i was like and then you see the rest of it and you're like well okay that kind of goes well with the gimp suit wearing special forces who quite literally rubber suits with glass glass strapped to the outside of their gym suit i'm not even kidding you sheets of molded glass fitted to their chest plates their arms legs in lieu of actual body armor and i can only assume this was in an attempt to create a cool visual effect as ultraviolet beats the ever-living crap out of these mooks with the slow-mo glass breaks and porcelain flying everywhere and cool fighting styles except it wasn't cool it was just ridiculous and oh so so stupid but that's the reoccurring theme of ultraviolet ridiculous characters and stupid dialogue and i almost forgot about the poorly designed henchman base so even the buildings are ridiculous and make no sense it's designed like a giant biohazard symbol that's what the aerial is like literally it's a biohazard symbol building which would have so much wasted space and be terribly hard to build and also kind of gives away that they're like they're bad guys like but like as soon as you see they're like well okay whoever's in this base is the bad guy but that was clearly the intention of this amalgamation of every popular group of baddies from the last three decades it's as if they took the designs from cobra commanders stormtroopers and hydra and then just straight up nazis 
just in case you miss the symbol the symbolic nazi shit of the last three groups they just throw in some armband wearing guys really drive home that these are the bad guys just beating the audience over the head with it until it stinks it stinks in until it stinks in uh until it sinks in and the stupid biohazard building like it just gets worse from the outside in it has perfectly cylindrical hallways some of which are print are painted in in strips of black and yellow so they look super distorted and would actually make working in this government building a fucking nightmare (laughs) i was like why would you i don't even know where the ground is i would be i'd be like going to lean on the wall and then just like sliding off like what the like it's a round hallway and you painted it in multicolored stripes why would you do that (laughs) i was oh god that was hilarious and so like the design makes no sense half the building is weird halls and like these giant doors and i'm like these are offices like clearly she's infiltrating it but what about the people who have to work here every day this would be this would be terrible and the other half is just regular offices with a convenient air duct system that is large enough to walk around in upside down for some reason and then connects to a series of skylights that spans like a dozen floors which makes for a perfect upside down repelling escape with a retractable grapple hook how the fuck do you pitch that and why the hell would you make that they're, they're literally just trying to talk they're like well they did grappling hook and upside down running scenes in the matrix so if we put it all together in one scene it'll be amazing and it wasn't <laughs> and this was just how the movie started and sadly it did not get much better there are so many layers of terribleness in this movie it's like the worst onion you've ever had to dice up every layer is worse than the last uh which brings me to the visual effects uh which is what i was saying about characters blurring together uh if we can even call them that i can only assume like I I don't know if we can call these VFX like I can only assume they were created by a group of interns armed with Microsoft Paint (laughs) this CGI is so laughably bad that it would make you nostalgic for the groundbreaking graphics of a freaking N64 and even Princess Peach had better hair like the the worst but the, the the worst most abysmal part of ultraviolet and why those characters blurred together was the obsession with slapping this grotesque filter on everyone's face it's like they took inspiration from a carnival funhouse mirror and thought yeah let's make our characters look like they've been stung by a swarm of radioactive bees and it wasn't just like bad cgi like like that was that was terrible in and of itself uh and then the filter just took it to the next level and then there even the cinematography was just horrendous the best example of this is literally the opening sequence of the movie ultraviolet mila jovovich is riding that anti-gravity motorcycle in a straight line yet the camera is bobbing along like a POV camera in a fucking Call of Duty game. It was worse than playing Minecraft with camera bobbling enabled. And it made no sense. Was the camera guy running alongside the motorcycle? 
<laughs> the rest of the movie is just a hodgepodge of weird camera angles, annoying close-ups, and then it all pays off in the stupidest fight scene ever, like halfway through the movie, that takes place in the reflection of the sunglasses of a group of hemophage, heme, I can't, I, st- I can't, I'm getting, I can't say it, hemophage henchmen, because now she's turned on her own people, because that first mission didn't turn out the way she wanted it to, so now she's like, she got nobody. She's burned her groups. There's only like a few other hemophage affiliates that she can turn to. And so she's fighting off her own people now. But apparently she's the best of the best. You know, she's the men in black of hemophages, vampires, whatever. Now, all the hen- hemophage and hench- <laughs> hemophage henchmen have guns. And Ultraviolet, she has her... Um, her sword now she loves this sword right and we get this reverse shot again POV reflection uh, point of view by the way if you're not 100% on the acronyms point of view POV that's the cat jumping on stuff um, <laughs> if you heard that clanging in the background um, yeah it's a POV point of view reflection that the that a better director probably could have made compelling instead it's just a weird like reverse perspective of Mila Jovovich as every one of these sunglass clad henchmen starts shooting at each other. Like they, they try to shoot her directly in the eye. Every single one of them try, like they all pull their gun up all the way to her face and giving her plenty of time to move out of the way. So they just keep shooting the one behind them or next to them. And all you, but you only see this like, so you see, the guy's face and like one lens of his sunglass so you see this like weird angled reverse image of all like Mila Jovovich and then every time you know you see his hand come up into the bottom of the frame she just like moves to the side or like uses her sword to deflect the bullet and you know they just keep shooting the other guys directly in the face now if just like one of them took a step back and shot her in the stomach movie would have ended right there again useless henchmen but i you know you know like that's that's not that's not an actual gripe that's just something that i always point out in ridiculously stupid movie fight scenes because like in a decent choreographed fight scene it would be like okay yeah you could you know like you're already like some sort of superhuman you got good reflexes and stuff but apparently they're all also hemophages so why is she better than the others is she the luke skywalker of hemophages like they didn't really establish that. They just showed you her doing some sort of meta subordinate suppressing character. I don't know. I don't remember what that one was. It's too high up in my notes now to go back. Um, so she she defeats all of these people. And like the, the entire scene, by the way, was in sepia, which is just like a terrible like color choice to begin with but then they had to put the sepia filter on top of the weird face filter which is just too many filters and as if they just kept doubling down on bad choices and and this was one of many sword fights and you'd think with so many sword fights one of them would be good but no you'd be wrong just a series of bad sword fights getting worse as the movie goes along and because obviously ultraviolet has the strongest sword too and like character plot she's just completely overpowered but this sword is more powerful than everybody other's sword and her sword can cut through other people's swords 
which makes absolutely no sense because they're identical. She's using, like, she picks up somebody else's sword and then she can swing it so hard that it cuts through the other guy's sword. Why? <laughs> Just cut through him. Like, you don't have to break the sword first. It makes no sense. And then, like, all the action sequences make have no stakes, too. Like, not only do they make no sense, they have no stakes. Because, like I said, she got that best, like, main character completely overpowered. But also, main character shield. She barely gets a scraped knuckle and just effortlessly kills every bad guy in a split second. Sometimes you don't even see it. They're just dead. Like, it was, it was bad. Now, we've barely scratched the surface of why this movie is so bad. Uh, and it's already bad. Now... At this point, the plot, or like, as I say, a more loosely connected series of events that is trying to be passed off as a plot hinges on that flat space plot device that was explained super early in the movie as the briefcase that Ultraviolet was stealing from that biohazard building um, was actually a flat space briefcase, meaning the small case can hold something much larger, as big as a human child. Gasp. Uh, it was slightly interesting twist when she opened the case i was like oh whoa there's a kid floating in there that was cool and from there ultraviolet turns on her own militia group and the hemophages because they just want to kill this kid thinking it's like a new type of weapon to use against them and uh, v having lost ultraviolet having lost a child when she was turned or infected i should say at this point no one has used the term vampire only hemophages and it was blood contact that infected a person so this uh, makes her lose her baby uh, instantly and then you know she connects with the child uh his name is six he's played by uh, cameron bright uh, who's a very uh, talented young thespian except that he was barely given uh, like a whole page of dialogue in this movie though that was probably a good thing his performance could only have been hindered by more atrocious lines uh because like yeah that's right even the writing was god awful and and not just stilted like some of the other bad movies i've talked about i'm, I'm looking at you cabin by the lake uh this was even worse the dialogue was just like it was just bad uh it made no sense giving giving un un like unnecessary commands to security uh security generals i was just gonna say security guards uh these faceless henchmen uh gems like like the the the, the lights get busted out and he says I, I, this is a quote go night vision tear them apart who talks like that and again why would you need to tell the mercs to use night vision that's pretty obvious the lights got shot out if they're not turning on their night vision they're useless they have it they're gonna use it and if these gems were worth money this movie would be worth a billion dollars with lines like there's a war going on to the death yeah that's what a war is it's to the death you don't need to say it it's kind of implied in war <laughs> like it just it continually made me scratch my head it was it just didn't it didn't get any better uh and and so now the movie basically hinged on uh she wants to protect the kid from both sides and they're trying to figure out uh you know if he's a weapon and what kind of weapon and so ultraviolet takes six to one of her only remaining contacts another hemophage named garth who is actually played by William Fitchner and hands down best performance in the entire movie. 90% uh, of the entire cast was just stiff 
and overacted and all super serious and just like just like mouth diarrhea like all their words were just like kind of falling out and they're either yelling or just it was it was it was not very well performed and in my opinion the only two performances that stood out were um by six and and garth so uh william fetchner and uh cameron bright those were the two performances that stood out and so uh ultraviolet brings six to this guy and he's actually the first character and the first person in the movie that calls it vampirism and at that point i'm like why did you even come up with the term hemophages if you're just gonna give up on it halfway through the movie like why didn't you call it hemophagism the guy just refers to it as vampirism and they all had fangs so it was pretty obvious what they were going for from the beginning so i don't know what the whole point of that was and he determines that he's actually a hemophage and that he could like infect people in like a more serious way and that comes back into like they now they need to know why and so to find out why she decides that even though the whole world is basically after her now she's going to go back to biohazard henchman quarters and headquarters i still call it henchman quarters henchman headquarters and try to figure out why and i mean at this point i felt like the movie was never going to end nothing has made sense it doesn't it barely adds up uh, not the virus not the flashbacks not the characters or their motivations though we at this point we never really know the motivations of ultraviolet like uh, for one part of the movie she wants to be cured but then she doesn't and then she she doesn't want to help Six, but then after she abandons him, she realizes she wants to help him, and and now, you know, she doesn't want to live, and then she chooses to live, and it just, nothing even, nothing made sense, and so she heads back to find, you know, all the answers and whatnot, and it leads to the big stylized action piece. They use it on all the posters in her red uh, little outfit with a little jacket that's just as big as her crop top, because you wouldn't want to, you know, put on sense clothes at this point in time it's only 2006 and uh you can't all be fully armor clad in glass and gimp suits <laughs> so and i mean even at this point even the gun props don't make sense and she so yeah she's traded her overpowered sword for the moment for the worst gun prop ever which doesn't matter because its function is equally as stupid as its design so after she ejects the comically oversized magazine from the stupid looking gun prop like it it was one solid piece there isn't even a slide on this gun though that's fine because after she ejects the magazine she fires off like 20 more rounds what the hell was the point of having the magazine it, it got so bad toward the ending I felt like I was watching a reenactment of a comic book uh, when the bad guy literally yells out his plot uh, and, and his all of his bad guy plans in front of like a dozen people like he's a Spider-Man bad guy of the week from 1963 again no one talks like this the entire movie is a, it is a, just a perfect example of stilted dialogue from the very first line to the very last line it all sounds unnatural and it's just, no one like i said no one talks like that and so like i said the bad guy exclaims his bad guy plan and what the kid was for outside surrounded by people he exclaims that his plan was to infect the whole world and then charge them for the cure so his bad his bad guy plan was just basic pharmaceutical companies in 2023 that was my takeaway i was like wow that's a bit more nihilistic than i expected it to be uh but that's basically 
basically what the future was. And they made it in a giant biohazard symbol. So I was like, wow, that's kind of spot on. And I have to admit that. And uh, so it was, it was, it was pretty funny. Um, and I have to admit, they did try to warn us. Actually, uh, the movie opens to a voiceover where Ultraviolet states she was quote born into a world you may not understand. And yeah, holy shit, no one understands what the hell just happened. I watched the entire movie and like I watched half of it again while taking more notes and I still don't understand the entire movie. It is that bad. The plot just doesn't add up. Why were the hemo like how did they get this subordinate subordinate meta character like if you could if you could hide that you're a, a freaking meta whatever the fuck they what were they called again hemophages hemophages like why why did you why did you have to go through all this why, why did the guy from the good guy like he's supposed to be the good guy but clearly he's the bad guy because he's always the bad guy he went a really like took a really long route to doing his big master plan it took him like decades to get the whole thing rolling because it was stupid like his entire plan was stupid and it was like this whole i'm playing the long game yeah, but you could have played the short game and got the same goddamn result. Like, did nobody realize that? This is what happens when you don't have, like, an actual team, or like, like a League of Superheroes or a Legion of Doom, and you just have a bunch of henchmen running around not knowing what the hell they're doing and having all the, like, the highly paid scientist guys running around as faceless henchmen. This is why you end up doing the long plan instead of the short plan, which would have it would have had the same outcome, man. So that was that was a terrible plot and that was a terrible movie, right? Um I if it like it was it, it it bombed. It bombed in every regard. Uh I remember it playing all the time on TV. So did my girlfriend actually. That was one of the things she she pointed as soon as she heard the name ultraviolet she was like this movie used to play all the time it was terrible like it was just overplayed and every time i tried to watch it i was like why is this movie still playing it's terrible and and that was i was like yeah that's basically what the takeaway is from this movie so um that was the plot that was that was the whole movie that's now let's move on and talk about the budget the box office and critical reviews and all that now somehow this movie had a 30 million dollar budget 30 million dollars and it came out in 2006 there was good cgi in 2006 i truly believe truly believe that this movie gives credence to the idea that the plot of the movie the producers is an actual thing that on a so if you're if you're not familiar with the producers i i wasn't familiar with the producers as a movie that um my, my great girlfriend selena shout out to selena she introduced me to um the the remake the 2005 one with nathan lane matthew broderick and uh, uma thurman uh, oh and um uh Oh, crap, I'm forgetting the other guy's name. Uh, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell, he's the other big guy in it, and a lot of other actors, but they're the main people. John Barrowman's actually in it, too. Um, it's uh, where they realize that you can, like, do a scam and make money on a movie that does bad because you can say that you spent all the money to make it, and if it does really bad, then no one asks for their money back because if you do well, you have to pay your investors, but if you do bad, they accept that you made no money back and that it's just a lost investment. And after after watching so many bad movies and hearing how high of a budget they had, quite like this one, 
I 100% believe that that's something that actually happens in Hollywood. They spent $1 million making this piece of crap movie and they pocketed the other $29 million and ran away with it. And I mean, this movie has the same graphics as an N64 game. In fact, I'm pretty sure some of the backgrounds in this movie are from the games I actually played. I played Spider-Man on the N64. I've seen that sunset background before. That was the exact same fucking thing. (laughs) It was was that bad. And how they could say that it cost that much money it must have been split between the five people who made the movie they, and that was it there was nothing left for cgi they paid it was interns they, it was just the interns who were there late at night and all they were supposed to be doing was updating the computers and instead they got paid a hundred thousand dollars if that to make the entire like entire backgrounds for the movie it looked like spider-man 1994 like the intro that super like computer graphic intro for those movies like 90s tv shows kids tv shows that's exactly what it looked like and now remember that on a 30 million dollar budget that doesn't usually include what the uh the film company pays for advertising they don't include that in the budget now if they spent even a million dollars on their advertising budget which is probably very likely that they spent a million dollars maybe even upwards of two million dollars for trailers and tv spots and all of these things uh that you would pay for posters you know billboards stuff like that they did not make a cent back at the box office this movie absolutely bombed it made 31.1 million dollars at the box office on a potentially 32 million dollar budget so they made nothing back which like like i said it just kind of lends credit to the whole producer's plot they made absolutely no money so they don't have to pay anybody back so if they actually stole even any of that money if they only used half of it they got away with 15 million dollars that's that's a well-planned heist and uh, you know what i i can i can believe it this movie was was that bad <laughs> now um okay i'm gonna stop I'm gonna stop crapping all over this movie at some point the the box office was not any kinder to ultraviolet uh receiving overwhelmingly negative reviews similar to this one uh from critics who criticized everything from weak dialogue uh subpar visuals and a confusing plot sound familiar uh which in my opinion again the movie doesn't even have a plot it's just action sequences interspersed with a handful of exposition dumps about a war to the death between hemophages vampires and humans who uh yeah also turned out to be hemophages anyway uh, and that's how that's why he wanted the cure and whatnot and I mean, that's ultraviolet in a nutshell. It's a terrible attempt to rip off the Matrix and capitalize on stylized action movies without doing anything new or innovative to achieve this goal. And ultimately, the only thing they succeeded in was making one of the worst movies of 2006. And um, I kind of loved how bad it was. Uh, it's a movie I'll probably never watch again unless somebody forces me to sit down and watch it or it's literally the only thing left to watch in the world. Those are the only two circumstances that I would ever watch this movie. Or if somebody wants to pay me a lot of money to watch this movie, then I'll sit down and watch it again. Uh, but I kind of loved how bad it was. It's one of those movies that is more enjoyable because it's bad. Uh, and if it was a good movie, I would have enjoyed it, but it wouldn't have been as fun and I wouldn't have 
had as much fun working on the episode in the background and some of the funny stuff that I, I read while I was being made and and just you know some of the like they, that's exactly what they wanted you know in the behind the scenes they said that they were going for matrix style this and they wanted action style that and they their execution was just not what they had hoped it to be and that made the movie hilariously terrible right and that that's kind of enjoyable in, in its own right uh if, if you know if i'll go so far to say that um there's always those movies that are just so bad you enjoy them for that reason and that's that's ultraviolet for me and okay let's let's take it uh down uh, a notch from the comedy and movie batching bashing the movie bashing and i've spent the better part of an hour now <laughs> dragging this movie through the mud and while i do think this isn't a very good movie in any shape or form i do think that in a world where negativity often reigns supreme it's essential to remember uh, i'm gonna call it a mantra now don't yuck my yum and i've just done that for the better part of an hour so if you do like this movie um i hope i didn't alienate you and i hope i didn't offend you in any way or form and uh don't don't take my my opinion to mean that your opinion doesn't matter and uh like i said this is a yuck for me but i'm not trying to uh i'm not trying to put your opinion down i never want to do that while we all have different tastes and preferences i think it's crucial to respect and honor the efforts of others reviewers critics critics all that you know even if we personally didn't enjoy their work or performance i truly believe criticizing something without constructive feedback or just being outright rude serves no purpose other than spreading ne negativity um so i try to i want to put it in perspective like i did have a good time watching this movie and i can see that regardless of its flaws a film like ultraviolet was a collaborative effort involving countless individuals from you know craft services all the way up you know who had a job they they did their job right they like they're not all making hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars um there are interns there are first year people there are people who have passion and were working on this movie and they dedicated their time and passion to bring this to life and i think it's vital to acknowledge the hard work dedication and talent that went into creating any movie um you know even if it wasn't something that you loved behind the scenes people poured their heart and soul into their respective roles whether it was directing acting visual effects or like i said i i thought i think i always try to throw in craft services because i've seen enough production sets and i've heard enough you know interviews and things like people aren't always nice to cast and crew well not sorry not cast but the the crew members and i think that that's 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 terrible there if if it wasn't for them then you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that guy holding that you know sound mic and if it wasn't for the person doing the audio technician stuff and i don't I, you know i say this from a technical support specialist so role so maybe i'm a bit biased but if you don't appreciate them then like nothing gets done at the end of the day uh now finding something positive to say even in the face of disappointment can be a powerful exercise in empathy i believe and perhaps the film had something you know a memorable score unique 
concept. Um, I think it's important to recognize those aspects and appreciate the the creativity and effort put into them. Uh, understanding that you know someone's livelihood may depend on the success of that work is sometimes crucial. Uh, and by approaching criticism with empathy and respect, I believe we can create a more constructive dialogue um, that just you know is better for it. Everybody's better for it. You don't always have to be putting people down. And so that's something I strive for here on the Nerd Review. That even while I can say that you know I really didn't like a movie, I try to also you know acknowledge that there was maybe a cool scene or something about it that is you know quote redeemable. And for me, it was that I still enjoyed watching this movie even though it was just that bad. And ultimately, I just think it's essential to remember that our opinions are subjective, and what might not resonate with us can be cherished by others. And embracing those diverse perspectives and finding common ground can lead to more meaningful conversation and a more positive and inclusive environment and that is again what i strive for at the nerd review so like i said if uh, you love ultraviolet maybe it was a movie you saw when you were really young or you saw it sick in bed and it really resonated with you and you liked those action scenes then that is great and i don't i don't want to take away from your enjoyment of the movie just because i didn't enjoy it so enjoy the movie if you enjoy the movie and let and let that be all that needs to be said um so let's practice kindness celebrate the passion of creators and be mindful of the impact of our words uh because they can have a big impact and by respecting the hard work of others even if we didn't enjoy their output we contribute to a more compassionate and understanding world and i think that is super important and on that note that is where i'm going to end today's episode thank you for listening to the nerd review where we dissect all things nerdy i appreciate your support as we dive into the realms of movies tv shows video games books and comic books delivering one nerd's honest opinion and geek insights whether it's the latest superhero blockbuster or exploring the intricates of a beloved fantasy series redwall uh, i hope these episodes ignite your inner nerd so stay tuned fellow enthusiasts and remember keep nerding out and and may your nerdum thrive. Your nerdum thrive. I'm going to have to work on that one. May your nerdum thrive. Without further ado, this has been the nerd review of Ultraviolet. And this is the nerd signing off.